0: This is episode 142 of the Two Bald Brothers in a Microphone podcast, where we talk about the people, process, and technology to work together better inside enterprises. This episode was recorded on November 2nd, 2017. In this episode, Tommy and I catch up with Kim Miller, Vice President of Marketing for Booster. We discuss a project that we worked on together while she was at Primrose Schools and focus on tips for working with external users. For Primrose, those external users were franchise owners. We also discuss working with a younger generation of users and her more recent experience at Booster. Finally, we learn about the Booster culture where there's definitely a focus on celebrating. Enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Two Bald Brothers in a Microphone podcast. I am here with the other bald brother, Tommy Ryan. How are you doing,
1: Tommy Ryan? Doing well. Looks good. like you're still bald. That's good. I am
0: still bald. Well done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you. I tried. And we are here with a uh, friend of ours and that is Kim Miller. Kim, how are you doing?
2: I'm great and I'm not bald.
0: Good. It's not Yeah, it's it's not a requirement. You've I got enough it. hair for all of us, I do, right?
2: I do. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Sure. Absolutely.
0: Thanks for joining us. And uh, we uh, we've got an interesting background. Um we are I guess my mother was in your mother's wedding. Is that right? Am I mean, getting that right?
2: They were in each other's wedding.
0: Yeah. They were each other's wedding. Yes. They, of were, honor. were they made both were maids of honor i
2: think they actually may have been but i don't recall exactly
0: okay okay but um and then you somehow ended up here in atlanta and we ended up running into each other and made the connection somehow which was very cool yes
2: i think i was living mm. in the basement of your best friend's house at the time <laughs> didn't know that he was your best friend
1: Wow! This is uh, Daniel Bassett. Dan Bassett. Yes. Wow. Really? Yes. Yes. I didn't know that. You look
0: back on your life, you're like, there's some crazy connections here. But uh, yes, that's that yeah. is true.
2: And my mom and, husband um, went to high school with your wife.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and they had blockers um, close yes. to each so other. God, yeah. Really?
2: yeah.
0: Right next yeah. to one another. No, that's that's it's amazing. It's just amazing. <laughs> so. Um, well, this is a great opportunity. You've been very busy uh, recently, and I just uh, wanted to catch up with what you're up to. You know, we worked together while you were at Primrose, mm-hmm. and now you're at Boosterthon. Tell us more about Boosterthon.
2: Sure. love to tell you more about Booster. I um, joined Booster in January of this year, and um, coming up on almost one year in next January, Booster is a school fundraising company um primarily focused on a pledge-based fun run fundraising concept to help strengthen schools that's really our mission um our fun run concept uh has a pledge-based platform that people can um, pledge a dollar per lap for the students um, and then they run at the end of the week and if they run 35 laps that's 35 dollars raised in addition to the fun run concept Throughout the week, while at the school, our teams are actually delivering character development content to the students um, every day, getting them fired up and excited about all the things pertaining to the fun run. Um, we serve more than 2,300 schools across the country. We're really excited. Wow. We've been uh, around 15 years. We just celebrate our 15th anniversary.
0: Congratulations. So the company name is Booster and then the, what the program or your product's called Booster. Oh, it might mm-hmm. Boosterthon Fun yes. Run Fun Run. Yes, Great.
2: boosterthon.com if you want to learn more.
0: Very nice. Very nice. And what um you're still focusing in on marketing for them, I correct?
2: Am. I joined the company as the company's new Vice President of Marketing. I'm really excited Excellent. working closely with our all the teams across the company. Hi, we are highly collaborative. I love that about this organization. Um, I really you know, was so impressed by the culture In um, the process of interviewing um, with the collaboration, with the strong growth mindset that exists. Culture is super important to this team. Um, we spend a lot of time on culture-focused initiatives um, because we believe that's, that's core to who we are.
0: That's awesome. And you've been there for how long now?
2: I joined in January.
0: About Almost a year.
2: A year. Just a short, okay. shy of a year.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's flown by.
2: It has flown by. It's been, it's been really great um, just to learn more about a, a new business um, coming uh-huh. out of the educational child care arena, which I had been in for nine years. Um, it was a natural transition. Primrose, Primrose was so focused on Character as well as part of the educational foundation of that program. So, coming here and mm-hmm. having character development be so, so important to the DNA of our program and what we're delivering in the schools was really important to me and, and very attractive.
0: Is there something, um, you know, where before you were working with franchise owners, is there a certain key contacts inside of schools that you're working with? Is it the principals yeah. or? Who are you typically working yeah, with? so
2: we actually have general managers across the country, and we have teams okay. on the ground across the country in each of the different markets that we serve, um, and they're the primary contacts with the teams at the schools. So primarily our contacts could be a principal, but in general it's more of the parent volunteer who's leading the PTA or the PTO or the other parent organization for the most part. Nice.
1: Nice
0: and so um you know we can feel free to talk about uh, things from booster but i know i've got probably the most experience with things that we did at primrose but you know uh, let's just talk a little bit about maybe working with um and collaborating with uh, external users um tell me more about that
2: yeah so i gosh i think was it about four years ago maybe when we launched um the new gateway which was the extranet
0: sounds about about
2: them um, with uh, Primrose and in working with external users um, those users at Primrose at that point were franchise owners primarily and school directors and um, Mm -hmm. that was very interesting because we really had to understand first how they use the current extranet to figure out how to evolve it because what we thought at the home office were great ideas when we actually dug in and built out these user groups to use as kind of online focus groups to test concepts before we actually Mm -hmm. built it out, we learned that what we thought wasn't really accurate (laughs) Um, to how they were using the system currently and how they wanted to use it in the future. Um, We also learned that franchise owners were a little bit different than school directors. Um, The school directors were more likely to be sitting in front of an actual computer screen Whereas the franchise owners in in many cases were mostly looking at the information on a mobile device because they were in and out of the school a little more often than the director who was primarily on site most of the day.
0: Nice, very nice. Um, I know one of the things that uh, when talking about goals and things for the You know, one of the things you mentioned is understanding why you're going after certain initiatives. Um, Tell me how that sort of played into this.
2: Yeah, you know, I think with any project, whether it be a SharePoint project or any, you know, large initiative, especially in technology, um, you have to really understand why you're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And what business problem is SharePoint in this case going to solve? For you, like what is the root of why you're even wanting to have a revised or enhanced or new, brand new SharePoint solution? So, mapping out that clearly, that business problem mm-hmm. is really important because it really helps you to develop your ultimate project goals. And that will help ensure that your project doesn't become scope creep because, frankly, you're going to have so many opinions. Everybody has an opinion, right? of like how something should look or how something should function. Um, And so if you don't have those business problems identified and clear goals, then you're Mm going to be over budget and way beyond your timeline on that. (laughs) You need to have a filter. (laughs) So when the ideas come in, you can say, okay, do they align with what we're trying to accomplish? Do they help meet a business need or solve this business problem?
1: Yeah, that's... That's interesting because I think everybody has good ideas and the idea might map well to a different goal. But if you have a clear goal of what the initiative is about, then you can filter out the ones that are not aligned versus saying, well, that's not a good idea.
2: Absolutely. And it, and it may be that it's it's not a good idea today. Based on the business problems we're trying to solve with this particular project initiative or this particular phase, but it's good to put it up in the I like to call it sandbox somewhere or parking lot, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, right. Because you could come up, you know, later. So I'll tell you, when I came to Booster in January, um, you know, I had lots of people coming, getting to know me. It's been amazing. Love everybody here um and lots of people had lots of ideas. They were waiting for me to get here to share their ideas. And I was like, my goodness, there's there's so much good information that I don't even like know what to do with all of it. So I literally started an ideas grid um where I mapped out every time someone gave me an idea, I wrote it down, I wrote who it came from, and then I mapped out what areas of marketing I thought it touched. Um, And I've got Mm -hmm. that, so when we get ready to build our next plan for next year, I'm going to go to that ideas grid once we have our strategy and say, okay, of all these ideas, how many of them may or may not fit within this strategy? Where are those gems? Uh, So it may not be a good idea today, but it could be tomorrow.
0: Tommy and I are um, in the middle of going through a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. And, um, one of them is, is, uh, just basically recognizing that you can only really focus in on one or two
1: goals
0: <laughs> and they call them wigs, which is wildly important yeah. goals. Um, when I hear you talk about this, it's the, you know, having so many things, and you know, in marketing, there's so many things you can go after, but really trying to narrow it down to the one or two goals and focusing in on those and saying, those are the ones who are going to really, um, are going to provide the most leverage.
2: It's so true. Um, Marketing today is as much of a science as it is an art. And really, Mm -hmm. I see marketing as where those two things really come together, especially with all of the new, you know, ability to capture data is out there and Mm -hmm. the ability to really analyze data and understand more um, in depth how your marketing efforts are working. Um, You really have to almost mesh data science with a lot of creativity um to find that that gem of that marketing opportunity
0: Mm -hmm. yep now um for the the franchise um for the extranet back to the extranet um did you what did what changes did you see? Did were people working to, working together better, or were there was there more collaboration, or what are some of the things that you found that happened putting this in place, or just some of the things that you learned?
2: Um, with that initiative, you know, we didn't necessarily roll SharePoint out as a solution for collaboration in the sense mm-hmm. of let's collaborate on a project initially, like it eventually led there, but initially it wasn't built to be like a place we went and all worked on a project together, like in a collaboration space. Um, It was really built to be able to serve up important resources and news and information to the franchise owners, school directors, internal team members um, at the company. So in that process, we, built a, what we call the publisher group. So we had a cross-functional team from across the company and each department had a representative and they were responsible for their department's page on the site, management of the page, updating the page, all of their files, any updates pertaining to their files. They kind of had their own little microcosm um, within the SharePoint system. And all of those folks from each of the departments got together and talked best practices Um, they did troubleshooting, IT was very involved in that, and communications at the company led that group and then helped to facilitate with IT improvements um, that could be made over time. That was huge. Um, You really have to have a group of people who want to support the continued innovation of it. It's not a launch it, set it, and forget it strategy, um, with SharePoint Mm -hmm. at all. Um, and as I was about to leave the organization, we were even having discussions about kind of the next generation of what SharePoint would look like because there are continual updates, you know, made and new features available. So um, they're probably moving ahead with some updates as we speak.
0: Nice, nice. How did you, I'm going to jump down to some um, questions about uh Addressing, um, you know, you were addressing different generations of users and you know, younger generations and how people um, work with content. How did that impact what you were doing?
2: You know, since it was about four years ago, um, we mm-hmm. were at a little bit of a different place, I think, from just a overall technology standpoint, even just in the world, right? Things happen so mm-hmm. fast, like, so much has happened in that time since we launched and now I think if I had to um, look back I think we did what we could at the time to meet the needs of the audience base that we had fast forward it to today if I were to embark upon that same project I will I would be a whole lot more progressive in Mm -hmm. approach and would probably build it with a millennial and Gen Z Um, mindset in mind um, Mm -hmm. and probably go more down that path and then help those folks that aren't there yet from a technology standpoint get trained up to be there because I think Mm. you've got to kind of push a little bit further to the future um, and encourage those to really come along.
0: So everything's um, mobile and (laughs)
2: mobile friendly highly visual um i would take a market an internal marketing approach to Uh how the look of the site was i would basically take marketing principles and apply them to at the time we said internal communications but how we communicated um and you know we had had discussions years later after we launched the project about innovative ways to take it to the next level um, but sometimes infrastructure wasn't possible at the time or the yeah. funds. Um, but if I had to do it again, I, I would absolutely take a, a definitely and more progressive approach.
1: Put a little augmented reality in it.
2: Yeah, why not? <laughs> and, and also, <laughs> I, 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 more I'm, emojis. I'm
1: kidding, but, I, <laughs> I, but at the same time, I think people are actually looking at that. Yeah. And totally. I, I've heard people doing it in ways that you really don't, think would be a business function you know, you just think of um more of the game gaming world when you think of augmented reality but i think to create experiences that you feel face to face and you, you got that with go to meeting and skype and some of those web sharing technologies that um it was more of a two-dimensional video experience and now you see collaboration you know, augmented reality where you can be pointing to the same thing, and it feels like you're there together. You know, more of a three dimensional video experience. It's almost like you're
0: sitting right here beside me, Tommy. Right, that's amazing H- holographic.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, you wait are. Me, oh, hey, hey, <laughs> quit poking alive. me!
0: Quit poking me! I've always promised people that, that Tommy and I might break out in a fight during the podcast. So that's always it's nice edge to have on things, right?
2: So true, though I think it's really important to, to really understand the generation, right? So, um, Booster is a um, very millennial-focused um, um, uh, workforce, um, primarily, and so when I came to Booster, um, all of a sudden, like text messaging, totally common, happens all the time for business. Um, I barely ever used it. At Primrose, hardly ever. Yeah. Um, only if, like, I couldn't find somebody in the building and I needed them immediately. Um, whereas it's it's really common from a collaboration and culture and you know, hey, what are you doing for lunch, kind of thing. In addition to business, um, that and Zoom meeting. We use Zoom meeting all the time. Everything's video conference, FaceTime. Yeah. I FaceTime all the time. I don't think I ever FaceTimed in my previous role. Um, we're just very flex, like you could FaceTime from anywhere and be in the meeting or zoom in. Um, And I I think that's, you know, kind of the way of the the workforce um, and the flexibility. And, you know, I gotta say, being a a mom, a working mom, I I love that flexibility um, to be able to zoom in when I can't be there in person and still be 100% present for that meeting.
0: Now at Booster, um, I'm assuming you guys don't use SharePoint. Do you have like an intranet or what do you, is there something that you rely on for internal Um, collaboration, documents and things like that?
2: We we use a lot of different tools right now. Um, Asana is a big one that we use Mm -hmm. more for project management, but it also becomes Mm -hmm. a highly collaborative tool. Um, A lot of our file systems are Mm -hmm. box-based, but yeah, we don't have a SharePoint system system
1: per se not yet mm-hmm. at
0: least <laughs> <laughs> um so but just in the, i wanted to, to ask you about as a vp of marketing um any keys that you have to um collaboration what are some of the things that you've learned through the years
2: No, i think in collaborating um it's really important to have a growth mindset and to be able to apply Approach those, and I'm going to say cross-functional team meetings or collaboration opportunities, with the mindset of wanting to learn something new from that, not yeah. just coming to the meeting and wanting to get your point across. Um, I think doing a lot of listening is important. Um, some of the folks here joke that I'll come into a meeting and I'll just listen, and I won't really say anything, and then maybe three-quarters of the way in the meeting I ask a question and they look at me and they're like, oh, wow, we didn't think about that. But I've just been listening and processing. And so mm-hmm. listening is a is a very important, I think, skill that is um, something that could be fostered by many in organizations. I know it's something I continually work on too. Um, I think the other thing to in collaboration is to allow yourself time to think after. So When you finished a collaboration meeting or some sort of collaborative initiative, give yourself time to think and process what you heard, what you think you heard, and then clarify with whomever what it was that you heard was actually what was said. Um, Because I think sometimes we get so quick to act on things that we don't take time to just sit and think, and thinking is an action too. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I think we tend to fill our schedules where we go from meeting to meeting and task to task and, and, uh, be retrospective to, you know, what just happened to uh, make some conscious decisions that are not just, you know, um, uh, knee jerk reactions to what you think is the next step. So and this, this has been, um,
0: I think one of the themes taught starting to talk to different folks about collaboration, which was, um, one of the seven habits, which is seek first to understand and how important that is. Um, you know, the, the, habit is seek first to understand then to be understood and uh, how important it is, um, within collaboration to understand the, the other person's point of view. And I think you're also pointing out that, um, Providing, you know, really doing empathetic listening, putting putting yourself in their shoes, and how important that is as well.
2: Yeah, and I think the other thing with collaboration, I, I feel like um, I'm part of two um, cross-functional teams here at Booster, and each of those teams is led by um, different um, executives in the company. Um, the The meetings are very different in what we cover. Um, they're both exceptionally well-run. Um, there is a planned agenda. It's super clear ahead of time. You know going mm-hmm. in what's gonna be covered. Um, there's an attention to the time um, in you know, making sure there's enough time for each of the topics um, and making sure we end on time. And there's really great follow-up. Um, and I think that's a testament to the, the leadership of who's kind of shepherding those meetings so coming to a collaborative meeting as the leader of the meeting is very different, I think, than coming as the as an individual who's participating. Um, I give a lot of credit to the, the leadership here on how efficient and organized and thoughtful um, we are in being able to make those meetings be successful and beneficial to business.
0: Awesome. awesome so your favorite ryan brother <laughs> connor
2: your son <laughs> how could he not be he's so
0: i love it isn't he a cute little dude yes
2: he is
0: he's so cool he is, not he that is.
2: y'all aren't but you
0: know <laughs> he's got a new little brother which we'll catch up some time on that as well but
2: wow, uh i can't
0: wait okay. um so tell me uh, just to wrap things up here and uh, sounds like you got some fun stuff coming up in December. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah, I'm really I'm looking forward to the holidays. I can't believe the Halloween is here and gone. I think it's <laughs> around the corner and Christmas is not too far after that. Um, in the December time frame, we do um, and we're actually doing six events across the country with our teams, um, where we're bringing, um, regional teams together. And, um, I am actually going to our event in the Poconos, which I'm super excited about, um, though I have no warm clothing. So it looks like I'm going shopping, uh, <laughs> but this heads
0: up Brad, It's coming.
2: Yeah, heads up, buddy. yeah. Right. Um, but this is one of our kind of annual conferences where we bring our team members together. And we really celebrate them and celebrate the successes um, that we've seen from the fall semester and prepare for the upcoming spring. We're a highly innovative organization. We like to come together and share best practices. Um, But we really love to celebrate and we love to celebrate our teams. We love to celebrate our clients. Um, It's just, it's part of our culture, It's it's our DNA um and so this is a celebration and a learning experience at the same time when i get with our um, teams across the country who are the you know people who are closest to our clients i learn so much from them Um, i've only been here a short time so i'm continuing to be a sponge um and they just they get you really excited about the future and um, just love love to celebrate with them so I guess I got to go buy some clothes, which that'll be fine. <laughs> so, but I look forward to coming back with lots of new ideas to put on
0: my ideas list. Nice. I think that's a wonderful way of capturing. I mean, I think some a large part of people sharing ideas is they just, they, they enjoy being heard and it sounds like you're really doing that and at least c- capturing that from them. And that's a, that's a wonderful idea. That's definitely something I'll take away from this is this, this conversation. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. And um, I think overall, the, uh, these organizations that you're involved with, Kim, are just, you know, they're very mission-based. They're, they're making, um, you know, societal, cultural changes, and it's just wonderful to see where you're going with your career and the impact that you're having. I really appreciate you taking the chance or taking this um this uh, time out of your busy week I know you're very busy and uh, just catching up with things thank you for doing this Kim
2: oh my gosh this was so fun thank you so much for the <laughs> opportunity to chat with you and you know I can't say enough about you know the, the time we spent together working on projects in my previous days at um, Primrose and 3 Will was a valued partner we just really loved not only just working on the project but the fact that your team took the time to coach and teach, um, along the way. So as much as it was a project, it also was almost a professional development opportunity. Um, and, uh, we just really appreciate you guys. Thank you for what you do. Um, and for creating this cool podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And, uh, thanks Tommy for joining me. Sure. And thank you everyone for listening and have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye.